Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. That was started because I felt like I was in a little bit of a funk with my photography and uh, I went through a stage, it was quite a few years ago now, um, that photography really just felt like a job. Like if I, I just I did not even want to pick up my camera unless I was getting paid to shoot because it felt like that's the only reason I was using the camera was to, to make money, yeah. it was to, to feed the family, pay the mortgage, and every time I picked it up it was for work and it just became... I guess I lost the joy or the passion for the photography side and it just became work. Does that sound familiar to you? That was Andrew Helmich, who we interviewed back in Season 1, Episode 8, chatting about his personal photo series project. That's what we're going to dive into today. Hello, welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Caitlin J. McCall, and this is Season 6, Episode 12. It's our Season 6 finale, and rather than interviewing one guest, we decided to deep dive into an interesting topic. This season finale, it's going to be the personal photo series, and bring you the stories of pet photographers from all around the world. So if you too feel like you're in a creative rut or you have a photo series that you're wondering how you can make into something a little bit bigger, stay tuned because this episode is jam-packed with inspiration and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So let's head back to Andrew Helmich and he can finish telling us about how his own photo series really helped spark that creativity back into his business. I always hear about these other photographers that have these amazing projects because they're passionate about something. For me, I, I thought, I just, I didn't know what I was passionate about. I didn't know what I wanted to photograph. Mm-hmm. And then the, I heard about the 100 Strangers project, thought I'd take that on. And um, that that fit, fit me. It was It's challenging to approach a stranger. It's challenging to go and talk to a stranger and ask them for, for their photo. And that really pushed me. And uh, but, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I really um, can relate to you there on that that sort of trap that photographers can fall into of work just becoming work. Like I'll go on holiday. I wouldn't ever dream of bringing my camera to go on holiday because in my head I'm like, no, I, like I don't want to do that. I'm on holiday. Um, but I think that's a shame and we sort of forget to capture something and we lose that side of it that got us into photography in the first place. So that's a really... Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's so easy to get so caught up in, in the business side of the mm. photography that you forget about why you got into it and you forget about the, the creativity and the passion that you have mm-hmm. for, the, for the art. So once you have this personal project idea or concept in your head, how do you actually go about getting people on board? Well, with Andrew's project, that was about approaching strangers in the street and asking them for a portrait. But a lot of the photographers with interviewed have brought in dogs or pets for their photo series by having model calls often they've found that actually the response to these model calls are huge i remember with craig bullock i think he mentioned having 350 people respond to his dog is love series sometimes you might find that people are just interested in putting their hand up for the free shoot and they're not particularly invested in the concept which depending on your series isn't ideal. Next up, we've got Jack Jackson. His photo project, the Don't You Want Me project, 
is a documentary series that showcases the beauty and the resilience of LGBTQ plus people with their rescued dogs all around the world. So Jack had some good advice of how he uses the same questions for every person and kind of just has the guts to say to some people, no, sorry, you're just not right for this project. So we've, we've had some people kind of, you know, I think just want an, a nice shoot of them and their dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we've had to kind of, kind of uh, you know, politely say, well, I, you know, I just, you don't really fit the criteria of the project. Um, and, and even, you know, b- before the session, they have to, um, they, they have to answer some, not heavy questions, but um, I would say for at least half of our participants, they, they say that their dog has saved their life. You know, they're happy to promote their project because it, this is something that they, they want people to kind of see and, and understand. So you send them these interview questions. Are you sending the same questions to everyone? We are, yeah. You know, it's the narratives. You, they see the image, but it's the narrative that, and it is bringing people to tears. Sometimes it's happy tears. Sometimes it's, you know, oh, my God, that you know, that that is horrific or that is, you know, that, wow, that's, that's wonderful. So if you are a people pleaser, guilty myself, and you struggle to say no, and you're feeling like your personal project is becoming, you know, overwhelming, a lot bigger than you thought it was going to be because there's loads of people who are really interested, having a really detailed questionnaire like Jack Jackson has with his Don't You Want Me project is a great way for creating a criteria for yourself and for being able to let the people who aren't suitable for your project know, hey, sorry, it's just not going to work out. At the end of the day, we have to remember that we can take control of our personal projects and it's okay to say no to people. Another really interesting aspect of the Don't You Want Me project is the FaceTime sessions that Jack has started doing along with his project partner, Deborah. So a fantastic example of how photographers can continue to grow and pivot throughout the chaos that is 2020. It is a really useful tool for us until we get more funding to, you know, to travel. Um, It it is, uh, I don't know if if you guys have done one, but it's really, it's actually really hard when you put dogs into the mix as well. It's hard anyway, doing a FaceTime photo shoot session, you'd think it would be quite easy, but it's it's way harder than an, an actual photo shoot. Fun fact, I actually got to experience these FaceTime sessions firsthand after our interview, Jack and I were chatting. I'm a bisexual woman whose dog was a lifesaver during a really difficult time in my life. So I really related to the stories of the Don't You Want Me project and Jack invited me to get involved. So we did our photo shoot over FaceTime because he is in Canada and I am in Melbourne. So obviously we couldn't do the photo shoot face to face. I have never done a FaceTime shoot before, but it was brilliant actually. And the photos are so beautiful. We'll put a link to them in the show notes if you want to check it out. It was really weird to be on the other side of the camera. But I think that the main thing that I took away from how Jack is doing these really successfully is he came with such a plan. So he had these ideas in his head right from the get-go. I don't know if he had sketched them out or just written them down of exactly what we were going to do, which made it so much easier to pose and 
capture these photos. So basically we were on FaceTime and Jack was directing where I put my phone and how me and Lyra were posing and then taking screenshots on the other side. So having that really clear idea of what the image is going to look like, which is totally different from a typical pet shoot where you sort of are reacting with the dog, reacting with the client, reacting to the location. Instead with the personal project, having a clear idea of exactly the image that you wanna take, I think is another great takeaway. In season six, episode seven, we interviewed Jennifer Sabatka from With Love and Oats, and she's another photographer who's utilizing those pre-planned, pre-sketched photo ideas in her own personal project, With Love and Dogs. I actually released several sketches of the next set of pro- the next set of images that I'm looking to do, which was really fun because I haven't sketched anything in a long time. So I'm collecting model applications for those images right now. So I have a bunch to go through, which is perfect. And then I'm I'm gonna be marketing that a little bit too right now because I figure it's a perfect time for people to apply for this when they're sitting home. Okay, well, well, well. Um, roll us through this whole application thing. Start at the start, please. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, so I. I have been working on this project since last summer. So I have done a few images already. Um, I did a giveaway last summer. So I have a few images from that. And then just a few images from clients who were interested. Um, But a couple months ago, I released these sketches to kind of generate some excitement. I wanted people to know what I was thinking because I've had all these ideas in my head, but I was having a hard time getting anyone excited because they don't know what's in my head. So I... I finally sat down and sketched them all out, which took forever because I am not a sketch artist, but um, a lot of erasing. (laughs) So I drew these pictures and then released them so that I could show people, this is what I'm looking for. These are the type of dogs I'm looking for. Um, And then I put out a model call. So if you want to check out those sketches of Jennifer's, we will put a link to her website in the show notes below so you can check out the sketches and also these beautiful photos. Basically the whole concept of this project is dogs with chalkboards and the chalkboards have different messages of love. The whole series started because she took a photo of her own dog Oats, that's where the business name comes from, and had Oats posing with a chalkboard after a women's march with a quote that she really loved. And the response was so fantastic that the whole thing just continued to evolve from there. This is a narrative that we've seen in a lot of the personal project stories that we've heard from different photographers over the years with the podcast. Another photographer whose project started with a little seed of an idea and grew and grew and grew is Diana London. We interviewed Diana in season six, episode 11. She's a photographer who does quite a lot of different personal projects and integrates them really successfully into her business. So I definitely recommend listening to that one. But her dogs versus ice cream project is one that really highlights that idea of just a little idea sparking something that becomes huge. So the dogs versus ice cream project basically started when Diana had a little giggle to herself at the idea of dogs licking ice creams. So she set up a studio in her garage basically to photograph some of the neighborhood dogs doing just that. Everyone really loved these whimsical quirky photos of dogs eating doggy friendly ice cream. And from there, the series evolved into an annual event at another local pet business. And where did it go from there? Well, I'll let Diana tell you. 
And it turned out like everyone was like, ice cream social for dogs was ice cream social for people. They loved it. They were bringing their friends in. It was like this big party. And then um, I met this guy at a business conference and he did a, a book um, with a children's publisher. And he said he wanted to show his publisher my composite. So he did. And the publisher contacted me and he says, what I really want to do is your dogs eating ice cream. He says, I want to do a book about that. Well, I signed the contract and we did it. Um, I did seven ice cream socials for dogs. I got 200 dogs. They paid like a minimal price of $30 a piece because I wanted just butts in the seat. So Diana's funny idea that started in the back of her garage turned into a gift book that is sold in stores and online all around the world, Dogs versus Ice Cream. A wonderful example of how a little idea can turn into something huge. So speaking of little ideas growing into something bigger, let's chat guinea pigs. Erin Vanilla is a photographer who we interviewed back in season one, episode 10. She had a friend who bred nude or naked guinea pigs, basically without fur. And her friend sent her this text one time of the guinea pig with a bathtub. And Erin was like, ha ha ha, the nude guinea pig. I get it. And something sparked in her brain. So next thing you know, Erin and her friend are at Hobby Lobby. They're buying supplies. They're staging this whole set of this naked guinea pig boudoir shoot. We were working with her name, the, the bald guinea pig is Strawberry Shortcake. And Strawberry Shortcake is just a really good model. She'll just let you pose her and you can move her head <laughs> one direction and she'll keep it there. Um, and we we just made this scene um, with her in the bathtub and got her in there. And we had a space heater on her to keep her nice and warm because they do get cold easily. Um, so it was so much fun. You know, we just did it because we would cry laughing when we would go through the pictures and see what we had created. And I put... Um, some of the images on a website called 500px mm -hmm. and uh, caters news agency a, a lady a representative from caters uh, contacted me and um we signed a contract for them to publish the uh uh, that series of images and people just wrote the most hilarious articles about that. It was so much fun. So I think that, you know, some, I've heard people, how do I get published? You know, I really want to get published. And, um, I just, we did that for fun. We did that because it was a passion and so many people are fascinated by that one shot boudoir guinea, the one where she's standing up and she's got a little front papas up mm -hmm. on the bathtub. And that gets such a strong reaction from people. It's really fascinating. And actually, I think another agency contacted me before her, but they had a weird clause in their contract that said that they could use my images to create greeting cards after we were done with the contract and that I would get no... Uh, royalties from that and I was said uh, no um, and just waited and it was kind of a, a scary thing to say no to being published without I've never been published or anything before so good on you I just said so with kind of faith that if they were good enough for that company then 
they'll be good enough uh, for somebody else. And sure enough, uh, Cater's news agency also found them. I think it's so inspiring to see how these personal photo series are becoming something bigger for photographers around the world, whether or not they're getting published in articles or they're publishing their own books or they're publishing you know, merchandise to sell on their website. In fact, we spoke to Craig Bullock from Photography in season three, episode one. He has this absolutely beautiful photo series called Dog is Love. I'll let Craig talk about it, but I love the fact that he has, you know, he starts selling calendars and badges and all that kind of thing from this photo series. it's it's a celebration of love and diversity and it's just um it's just really there to say that it doesn't matter what you look like who you are who you love love is what matters and I think that that's something that dogs give to us all they don't care what you look like or who you are they just love unconditionally I've created these images and they're very loosely styled like a couple's or kind of a wedding shoot just so that you get that kind of extra feeling that these these dogs really love each other and and um yeah the the dogs I found are from a real diverse mix that again shows that love is love and so I've got uh, two boy dogs I've got two girl dogs I've got a black dog and a white dog I've got a dog with three legs um I've got old dogs I've got just all sorts so I did um I did do a calendar and um, some badges and buttons and some greetings cards um so so those are uh, again it's kind of like a fundraising thing so mm-hmm. so half of the proceeds are going to rainbow youth and half i was choosing a different dog related charity each month with with a kind of a busy period with the calendars being sold mm-hmm. um and but yeah i would like to continue shooting and eventually potentially end up with another book project um to to work on as well If you have listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you have most probably heard me gush before about how much I love fundraising projects. And it's so beautiful to see so many of the photographers that we've interviewed and so many members of the Pet Photographers Club who are using their personal photo series as a way to raise funds and awareness for charities close to heart. We interviewed J.B. Shepard of Pup Trait Studios in Season 4, Episode 4, who has discovered firsthand the power of charitable marketing through his personal photo series. I think it's a good idea. Like, if you're looking for a concept, nonprofit work is fantastic. Like, the pro bono stuff, it gives you an opportunity to, because you don't have clients demanding that you do things a certain way. It allows you to stretch yourself creatively and to try to test new things because you don't have to tell them what works and what doesn't work. You can go out and just try a bunch of ideas and see what happens, what sticks, um, and you can sell it. It also makes it easier to promote your stuff because no one wants to talk about you, the professional. Everyone Uh wants to talk about these dogs that you're helping, which makes sense because, you know, who who cares about me, right? Like I, I can stand on my own two feet. I can do advertising, stuff like that. But if I work with this group you know, they need the help. They're getting the benefit of it. And that sounds super selfish to say out loud, but (laughs) it's the reality of it. It, It's a, it's a, um, icing on the cake that it it does help 
with your marketing and getting your work seen, which side note, your work is everywhere all over the internet. So it really is. The two ideas aren't unrelated, right? Like it's only natural that like once that starts taking off in popularity and once you've, you've come up with an idea that's worthy of promoting that, you know, that something would translate to your business. Because if you start doing things right like, you know, you're actually going out and making a difference, whether it's creatively or, or, or socially, um, that's where people want to be associated with it. So that's where the clients are coming out. That's where you start getting the traction with, with, um, you know, all the different like press resources and like PR, and, you know, it's, it's all, you got to kind of look at it holistically. I really couldn't agree more. I think there is something so powerful about personal photo series that are also raising funds for charities that you feel passionately about. So not only do you get the opportunity to exercise your creativity, to get back in touch with this art form that we've all fallen in love with, but the reality of businesses, sometimes you can fall out of love with it. So you get a chance to love photography again to really be creative and bonus if you can also pair that with a a charity partner then you can put meaning into your work as well so that is my personal favorite way to do photo series and hey if you're a pet photographer out there who has a photo series that you would like to share with the rest of the industry don't hesitate to get in touch Kirsty and I love to use this platform as a way to share the wonderful work of our members. So that is the end of season six. I hope you enjoyed this episode and this season. We, as always, will be taking the month break where we're busy, busy, busy uh, recording lots of interviews. If you are a member of the Pet Photographers Club, we have our goal trackers Zoom call. So the accountability call uh, that's in the middle of the season break. So we'll still be in there and we'll be in the mastermind group. If you're not a member yet, we would love for you to join us. It's only $10 a month and it is so hugely appreciated by Kirsty and I as a way of supporting this podcast and this community. It goes a long way. We couldn't do this without our members. So we really appreciate you guys. I hope that you're all staying safe and well in the craziness that is 2020. And we're really excited to bring on season seven. So we will chat to you then. In the meantime, don't hesitate to head on into the archives or check out the show notes of this episode if you want to hear more from any of the photographers that we featured today. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.